All right, good afternoon uh, <coughs> on this Monday after Thanksgiving. So I truly appreciate you guys coming here. You know, I know it is right in the middle of lunchtime, so you guys are taking time out of your hungry, uh, hungry day right now and uh, to, to listen to us. So I'm Doug Coe. I'm responsible for the cloud solutions at Cohesity. And today I have my distinguished panelists here, which I'll introduce and have them introduce themselves in a couple minutes. And we're going to talk about you know, five hybrid cloud backup and disaster recovery mistakes to avoid. So just a quick uh, overview of the agenda. So we'll talk a little bit about the mistakes. I'll get my panelists here to talk about their experiences around running into some of these mistakes. Then I'll give you just a quick overview about Cohesity, what we do around data management and the cloud. Um, and actually, there's a, it says demo here, but we're actually going to skip the demo because I think we got a great amount of uh, knowledge here in the panel. So really, I think you're going to get a lot just directly from the feedback from the panel. So we'll skip over that. And then you know, at the end of the presentation, we'll kind of have a more open discussion with the panelists about a variety of topics and then whatever extra time we have uh, for Q&A for the audience here as well, too. So well, ado, let's uh, introduce you to the panelists. So we have here uh, Brendan from 1901 Group, uh, Adam Hello. from AutoNation, Auto and Aaron uh, from SEV Technologies. Why don't you, um, maybe we'll just start right here with uh, Brendan, just give a quick intro about yourself and sure. your company. No, thank you. Uh, 1901 Group is a managed service provider using both Cohesity and AWS services and, and, and uh, products. Uh, we're federally focused but public sector built. So there's some special built um, nuances in how we operate with security controls, uh, encryption, different requirements in very uh, regulatory heavy environments. So if anybody out there has to deal with data sensitivity, data sovereignty, that type of thing, uh, that's the world we live in. So good afternoon, my name's Adam Rasner. I'm the Vice President of Technology Operations for AutoNation. We're the largest automotive retailer in the country, about 350 locations, uh, new cars, collision centers. We also have our own parts line. Um, we bought Coecity originally as an on-prem data protection solution, and then as we've gotten more of our infrastructure migrated out to AWS, um, we started using it for other use cases, like taking snaps of our production environments, spinning them up uh, for lower environments in AWS. Um, also, a little bit of disaster recovery and also long-term retention. Hello, everyone. My name is Aaron Vincent. I'm with uh, SEV Technologies. We are an IT services uh, provider to the government, specifically DOJ. In our environment, we bought a Coincity to backup our hyperconverge uh, solutions and provide other backup uh, needs that we have in our environment. Cool. Thanks, guys. So. Well, I want to jump into the presentation and talk about some of the five common mistakes we've seen. So uh, show of hands, actually, a uh, quick question to the audience. I assume most of you guys are on AWS. That's why you're here, or you know, at least thinking about going to AWS. So quick question to you. How many of you guys rely on AWS to back up your data running on their cloud? Quick show of hands. OK, looks like about 20% you know, of you. So, Interestingly enough, right, so let's skip over this one quickly, is that's probably the most common mistake we see is assuming that your data is already backed up by your cloud provider. So this uh, slide here, or this image, is directly from AWS. It's what they call their shared responsibility model. So in the bottom is really what AWS uh, 
claims to be their responsibility. And what you see there is their infrastructure and hardware right, associated with it. So the data centers, the regions, the availability zones, the edge locations, right? That's the responsibility. And the hardware and software related to that, right? So the, the compute, storage, databases, and networking. That's their primary responsibility. So really, if you think about it, you think about your backup. Backup is for your data. And you look up top, right, what's there, right? That responsibility is yours, right? As, as the end customer, right, uh, managing your data, protecting your data, backing it up, uh, your client side, data encryption, data uh, integrity, uh, as well as all the server side uh, protection as well, too. So again, this is the most common thing we've seen. And you know, just remember, right, this is your responsibility to protect and back up your data. Now, I have to say, like, if I, I know I've asked that question about three or four years ago. Back then, probably about you know, 70 or 80% of you would say, you know, AWS or my, my cloud provider will help me do it. So it's good that people are starting to recognize that. So I know, um, you know this is something we've talked about here with, with our panelists uh, here, too. So, uh, you know, Brendan, I, I know you mentioned you know, working with some of your customers. Is, is this something you've seen or heard uh, when working with your customers? No, absolutely. And there's a dynamic we always see where we come in either to advise or to implement or to operate in an environment. And that can be a challenge to existing IT staff who have been responsible or who will be responsible for DR, disaster recovery, or backup. Um, in our world, we also have the exercises called continuity of operations, or COOP. Um, so we see all the time different levels, different, uh, different capabilities, different cadences for actually testing out how is the recovery, how is the DR, how is the backup working, um, and a plug to Cohesity. We've gone from, from environments where it was you know, half a day to do a recovery to a minute or two. Um, and since we support multiple customers in multiple environments, uh, being able to show the customer that speed, that success, that progress, um, whether the, the IT staff, the legacy staff is going to stay and inherit or use that, that capability or we're going to do it for them or with them, uh, it's just a, that success is a great way to move forward. So we see it all the time. Okay, cool. So again, that's, that's the first mistake, so take note of it. First mistake to avoid. To avoid, exactly, exactly. You don't want to repeat other people's mistakes in the past. So the second mistake you know, I've seen and, and we see, and again, this is not really your fault, uh, but it's really, I think, a result of the complexity of our IT and data environments today, right? And, and that is basically having point solutions for both on-premises and the cloud. So you know, a lot of you guys may have come from the on-premises world before. And again, you figured out, okay, we just talked about it. You need to back up your cloud too. So then you look at different solutions, right? You look at, oh, on-prem, I might already have a legacy backup solution, right? So I have some backup software. I might have some target storage, right, to, to actually uh, move those backup data to. I might have various media servers, uh, cloud gateways, uh, file servers, and object data that I might want to sync with the cloud, right? All these things are different point solutions that add complexity to your environment. Now when you think about having cloud and backing up your cloud environment as part of that too, right, that only further adds to that complexity, given again, you know, the broad reach of AWS, all the different regions, availability zones you need to worry about, all the different services, right, 
how do you best manage this, right? And a lot of customers are saying, well, okay, you know, here's one solution that I need for a cloud, here's one solution I need for my VMware, here's one solution I need for my Oracle, right? And then that quickly becomes a problem where we see a lot of customers having, you know, basically multiple data silos, um, multiple locations where data is being stored, uh, you know, basically data go going out of synchronization, uh, and you know, based on our research, what we see is you know, anywhere from four to 16 excess data copies being you know, spread across all these different locations. And again, with all the different technologies and software and hardware that you need to manage this, right, it just becomes very difficult to manage. Now, we call this problem uh, mass data fragmentation. And that, that's really an area, again, that you know, we see. And it's, it's difficult to avoid, right, because all these are different technology sets. So how do you best manage them? So again, maybe you know, you know, back to you again, Brent. I know this is something you, you talked about too with, with, with your customers. Um, how have you seen, like, in terms of the different environments, having just you know, the different point solutions being deployed for you know, on-premises, cloud, and, and just different types of workloads they might be using? Sure, and I, I think all three of us have, have different uh, configuration and architectures uh, in play today. Uh, in, in our world, we, we started with Cohesity with a, uh, on-premise single node, single three node single tenant, uh, have moved to a multi-tenant also instance, and then moving to a cloud native instance. So we're using to support our customers, and especially, especially legacy customers, with data that can't leave on-prem because of security requirements. We're gonna maintain legacy configurations that are on-prem. We're also gonna start augmenting those for archive and to AWS. Uh, and then be able to go back and forth. So we see that in, in public sector and federal, uh, that's never going away. There, there's certain systems that will never go cloud, um, but that ability to do multi-cloud, multi private, public, and on-prem all together with one team doing that, so the skill sets of those, those, those engineers, uh, that, that's the world we live in. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, the other thing is not just the technology, as you say, the skill set that, that's required, and that's always, again, I, I know that's why a lot of you guys are here at this conference, right, is to learn and to develop those skill sets. So having technology that could simplify that or keep it consolidated, I think, is, is always helpful. Doug, I'll add to, you know, being able to use one product across multiple different areas. We had bought this product initially as a data protection solution. Um, we've been able to scale that out and use it for other use cases like, again, long-term retention, um, as well as the ability to um, use it as secondary storage, which was something we really weren't looking for at the time when we bought it, but it's, uh, you know, we're, we're estimating we're saving something like 60, 70% uh, per terabyte by being able to leverage our data protection solution also as secondary storage. So it's been a big win for us. We found all these use cases that we didn't know we had. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right, so that's, that's uh, you know, mistake number two to avoid. So number three, this is a little bit more of a technical one, but I, I thought I'll throw it in here. And that's really around snapshot and really the, the complexity of managing snapshots. And what's interesting is snapshots kind of, again, came from the storage world, from on-prem. You know, I, I you know, worked, have worked in the storage industry and the software industry for a long time. And, one of the interesting uh, capabilities when you look at your traditional on-prem storage arrays is the capability to take a point-in-time snapshot of your data on that piece of hardware, right? So you could say, uh, take a snapshot right now, and then I could later on, you know, a week or a month later, retrieve that 
data frozen in time, right? Which is pretty cool, right? Now, in the on-prem world, that's still a single piece of hardware, right? That snapshot was stored on the same place, that same piece of hardware as your actual production data. So if you actually had any hardware failure, even though you had a snapshot from a point in time in the past, you would still lose that data if you lost that hardware. Now in the cloud, they also have a similar concept, right? You can also take snapshots of your EBS storage volumes or your EC2 machines or your RDS uh, databases. Um, and they actually gone one step further and allow you to copy that snapshot, say, into S3. So that's all good, right? So, so but the, the issue with, with, with the cloud is, Again, across all the different services, right, whether it be, again, EBS, RDS, uh, um, EC2, across all the different regions, right, if you're deploying across multiple regions, and of course, across all the user accounts, right, that you may have, you're going to need to manage those snapshots independently. So it becomes you know, difficult to manage. It becomes hard to find that individual piece of data, right, that file, that VM, right, that instance that you're specifically looking for. And it creates yet another silo, right? That's another silo that you need to manage and protect. And, and again, typically using either AWS native tools or another third-party tool that will you know, specifically manage you know, snapshots on their own. So the fourth one, and I think this one I'll have, again, our, our panel talk a little bit about, uh, is really around designing for backup uh, versus recovery or forgetting about recovery. And I think this is an interesting one, right? Again, here we talk about backup. And to me, design for backup is, is kind of like going shopping around for your insurance policy, right? And saying, oh, I got a good deal from XYZ insurance, uh, insurance provider. And everything's all good and dandy until it isn't anymore. When the proverbial stuff hits the fan, that's really when you put it to test, right? And that's the same thing with backup, right? Is, is when you have some type of disaster, data loss scenario, how can you best recover from it? And what, what I've seen is, you know, this is not really your fault. A lot of people focus on backup because there's still only 24 hours in each day, right? And there's probably even less of that time that you need to allocate for your backup windows. However, your, our data has been growing exponentially since the start of computing, right? So you know, the amount of data we need to back up now in, in 2019 going into 2020 is, is orders of magnitude greater than it was even just five or 10 years ago. So, and you're still trying to squeeze all that in into a, a whatever, a, a four hour, eight hour, 12 hour backup window, that becomes very challenging. And that's why a lot of folks have focused around backup and then the recovery, oh, I got the data backed up, right? It's all good. Right, and they forget about recovery. So, I know this is this is one area definitely. You know, Adam, you've had some experiences in. You know, number one in terms of addressing the backup window issue, and of course, obviously figuring out how you can best recover from that. Yeah. So when we purchased the product, you know, we were coming off a, a legacy product that really wasn't didn't grow to the enterprise level. You know, our data was had grown much faster than the product could support. So we spent extensive amount of time doing a POC across multiple different vendors. And probably number one on our criteria is actually performance, backup, restore, backup and restore times. And so you know, we, we've able to, we were able to quickly nail the, the backup timing problem, making sure we get our backup windows within the set time and not go into the business day. 
But then the bigger part of that is when we're in trouble and we need to restore, what's that performance going to be like? So having the ability, you know, if you don't want to wait for the VM to restore to its original host, you know, being able to actually spin the VM up on an appliance, on the Coecity appliance, was big for us. And we've been able to see our recovery times uh, improve by something like 10x. So it was a big win for us uh, and our ability to both reduce our backup times and also improve our uh, restore times tremendously. Um, and the reliability, too. Excellent. Do you want to add something? For us, um, <clears throat> we did a lot of um, testing of how to actually replicate our Coecity on-prem data to uh, S3 bucket. For us, it was uh, Deep Archive. And we went through, do we use you know, our first initial uh, proof of concept, do we, do we use uh, just pure internet just to move you know, some small samples into the cloud to see what our experience would be like? Then we looked at uh, setting up a direct connect connectivity um, for, from our facility out to um, whatever region we were in. Uh, we, we've, we had a little bit of trouble with that because uh, the actual uh, building that we were in for uh, a lot of our a lot, a lot of our our backups and where our Coecity was at was kind of hard to get the last mile into the building. Uh, but eventually, we ended up going with uh, Direct Connect and testing and finding out that we we really had to focus on how long it was going to take for us to actually replicate data out to our S3 uh, buckets and go into the deep archive. And then if we needed to actually retrieve, doing on-peak uh, time within our network hour operations throughout the day, what type of impact was that going to have on our network? Uh, did we have to create uh, QoS buckets to make sure that, that we didn't have any problems with actual retrieval at a critical time to get us um, to get a VM or some files from a VM um, restored back, back to on-prem from uh, S3. Excellent. So you actually just hit upon an interesting point, which leads into the last uh, and final mistake I have on, on the list here, which is the testing part, right? So you know, because most people focus on the backup piece, Right, and getting that right, which is important, by the way. You, you can't put the cart before the horse. You need to back up your data before you can recover it. You know, people forget about the recovery, and because of that, they really don't do a good job at testing it. And, and you know, this is just some data points you know, I looked at uh, based on some research that, that Cohesi has done through Vance and Born, as well as through uh, Spiceworks that we've seen. So first data point I'll share with you is you know, of IT professionals um, surveyed and this was, I think this is the Spiceworks data, you know, over 800 folks were surveyed. Um, you know, 5% of them do not have a plan at all, right? So basically, all means is they're either just backing up their data or maybe they're not even backing up their data and they're just hoping for the best, right? They just, okay, back it up and if something happens, right, I have the user manual, I'll figure out how to recover from it, right? Not, not a good recipe for success. Now, Again, what's still more concerning is even of the ones that have plans, right, that they haven't written down or whatnot, they've never actually tested that plan, right? So again, you might have taken the effort to document a process or write down a process, right? I got to make sure, you know, the cables are wiring or I have my EC2 instances ready to boot up. Uh, you know, I might have a network configuration here or there that I want to change or here's the list of you know, 20 or 30 VMs I need, I need to prioritize. They might have some type of plan associated with that, 
but they never tested it. And again, this, this to me is actually, you know, again, philosophically, of course you should test your plan, right? It's like having a recipe, but never actually cooking it, right? Until you actually have the guests over, right? Which of course, I'm sure that happened over Thanksgiving. I'm sure people have done that, but you know, you, you just don't know if it's gonna go right. And the reason I think most people don't test their DR plans is, again, the larger your environment, the more complex, you know, we talk about hybrid cloud and all the different point solutions is, you're talking about you know, a, a manual multi-step process, probably dozens, if not over 100 steps in that process when we, we, we surveyed a lot of customers. So it's just a very complicated process where people actually test it out and very time consuming too, right? And the last data point that, that we saw is, and again, not surprising, right? The biggest number, if you don't have a plan or you have a plan, you haven't tested it, how many of you actually uh, successfully fail over? And, and actually what we see is over 34% of people have experienced outages because they were not uh, able to successfully fail over because they didn't have a plan or their plan didn't work or, they, or, or again, it wasn't adequately tested. So um, again, maybe turn back uh, to the audience there. I don't, I, um, I can chime in. Yeah, you try, try, try. Uh, In our world, it is an enterprise environment. All the customers are generally thousands mm -hmm. of employees, uh, network segments, multiple locations, mm -hmm. that type of thing, uh, multiple data centers, private and, and, and public. Uh, the interesting thing we often see is there are different groups or different companies, different vendors supporting different elements of the mm -hmm. enterprise. So a change to connectivity or network, yeah. a change to security, a change to, to et cetera, those changes without being processed all the way through, if the testing is not disciplined, mm. it's just a recipe for right. disaster. Um, so the, the, the you know, mistake to avoid, and we, we try to promote and champion this all the time, is even if it's not what the group wants to do, the, the IT team wants to do, testing it out, especially in enterprise environments, is it's critical. Mm. So. I think it was helpful for us to get buy-in from leadership in the very beginning uh, for the windows of time that we would test, give them a, the exact expectation for when we test it, whether it be um, for a, a critical workload or any other type of workload. You know, give them a great uh, 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 sample and a snapshot of what's going to happen during those times and what the the risks were. So that worked a lot. That worked very well for us and. Um, and, and leadership uh, continues to um, like, uh, like how we approach uh, providing that information, that data to them about how the, how the operation is gonna go. What do you guys think is a good frequency to test? I know people talk about you know, testing, you know, even if you could test it once a year or twice a year, can you test even more frequently? Uh, we won't quarterly. Yeah. Quarterly is very good because you know, the more and more you test, of course, uh, the more and more you get the kinks out of the way. Um, you start to find new things that you didn't discover within your lab. Um, you know, and your environment's always fluid, and it's always changing. So uh, it's, good to it's good to test frequently and often and, and take good notes uh, about what happens during the actual testing. We, we DR test twice a year. Um, and, and I'll also add that automation piece you referred to a minute ago is, is yep. critical. I mean, we, we still use uh, VMware SRM for a lot of our um, on-prem DR, but in the cloud, whatever project product you choose, you got to make sure that has end-to-end -end automation. Because trying to flip switches when you're doing a DR test and 
you know, DNS changes and all the stuff that goes along with it gets very complicated and, and the more manual steps you have to do, the lower your chance of success. Excellent. Well, so that, that's my list of five mistakes. Now I'll just spend a little bit of time maybe telling you what some customers like these folks have done or what you should be thinking about in terms of your data management journey and how you can kind of get away from just avoiding mistakes to actually thriving by leveraging your data. So you know, the, the first thing you know, I think we, we talked about is, again, let's get back to the basics, right? Let's get back up, let's do that correctly, and let's be able to do that across our entire environment, right? And when I say that, I mean you know, on-prem, right? My VMware, my Hyper-V, my Oracle, my SAP, my Microsoft, uh, to obviously AWS, right, and the cloud, so the backup of your EC2, your EBS, uh, even protecting your S3 buckets and, and whatnot, uh, you know, ensuring all that's backed up. On top of that, right, when we're talking about cloud is you know, SaaS as well too. You know, how do you back up your SaaS applications? Because again, there's uh, a shared responsibility model whether you know, it's an AWS SaaS product or another SaaS product. Uh, you gotta be very careful in looking into that as well too. Once you have your backup and all that in place, then let's think about you know, how are the best ways to recover, right? And again, this could be as we talked about for disaster recovery, right? The ability to fail over to cloud, right? Uh, you could take on-prem, take that workload, fail that over in the cloud, spin it up very quickly, uh, and also potentially fail back, right? So you might use the cloud as a destination for a while, and then you want to move back on-premises or fail back to a different location. And also, you know, again, if you're thinking of failing over or moving data over, right, a good logical step is can I leverage the same technology as part of my cloud migrations, right? Again, a lot of you guys are here looking to migrate your workloads, looking to move to AWS or moving more of your existing data and workloads to AWS, how can you leverage the same technology platform right, to move that data? So once, once your data is backed up, once you know it's recoverable, it's movable, migratable, uh, you can fail, fail over, fail back from it, then you want to look at how can I actually take advantage of it, right? Instead of having my data sit there um, as an insurance policy, right, which is what most traditional backup solutions uh, do, right? It just kind of sits there dark and, and let, being leveraged when you need it. Uh, it's actually actively looking at leveraging it, uh, allowing you to better innovate, right? So making that data available, whether it is you know, to, to create file shares in the cloud, uh, to provide a dev and test for your developers, your testers, your QA environment, making some of that production data easily available to them to create new use cases, create new apps, right? create new um, uh, interactions in a hybrid cloud model right? with that data set, or it could be for data analytics, AI, ML, machine learning, right? where you can actually analyze that data and again, generate and find new business insights. So you know, these are kind of you know, key things that we think and we see you know, a customer's journey right, around how they're seeing their data and how they're managing their data. So you know, just you know, a quick you know, overview about what Cohesity and what we do uh, you know, for data management and for backup is, is really we focus on providing uh, a cloud-native solution right, for AWS that also runs you know, perfectly on-premises. So it's a software-defined a solution that runs directly on AWS, or you can run it directly on an x86 server on-premises, so our customers are managing the same software, right, both on-prem and in the cloud. 
It's designed for global efficiency, so it has deduplication, compression, so it actually reduces your cloud storage costs. It reduces your storage footprint. It also reduces, again, in a hybrid cloud model, all the data transfers, right? So you're, if, if you're transferring it, um, you know, it reduces that data transfer costs and the data egress costs associated with, with running a hybrid cloud. We've designed this as a, a single platform, right, for your um, on-premise workloads. So again, protecting your VMware, uh, Oracle, SAP, to protecting your AWS, and deliver that universal protection. So what's interesting is, again, instead of managing different tools, different policies across on-prem, across your workloads, you can now apply the same policies, right? So the, I don't care if this is an on-prem workload or a or a AWS workload, you apply those same policy universally uh, leveraging our, our software. And of course, right, we talked about a complex world with different point solutions. You want to be able to consolidate that so you spend less time managing, less time managing your, your data infrastructure and your backup infrastructure, also less time managing your data itself, right? You want to be able to we talked about having your data scattered all over the place. You want to be able to, to easily find your data, right? whether it be on-premises, whether it be in different cloud regions. Again, with AWS, right? if you're in different regions, you might not be able to pinpoint that, that instance or that data set very easily. So being able to actually do a global search uh, across, uh, you, you, across a federated cluster of, of Cohesity and across the cloud makes it really cool. And ultimately, by you know, spending less time managing and making your data available, you'll be able to, to basically, again, drive more innovation in your organization. So you know, I'll just dive into some of the you know, use cases I know our panel here has already uh, alluded to some of them. But you know, a couple key ones we see. So the, probably the most popular one uh, in a hybrid cloud world we see is, is the backup of your on-premises workloads and then, the, and then the archiving and tearing of that data for long-term retention. So you know, what this really means is you can still back up your on-prem VMware, your on-prem Microsoft Oracle, and then move the older data sets directly into S3 or into Glacier. Uh, what's cool about us, again, we support all the S3 storage classes from, again, you know, standard S3 to Glacier Deep Archive and everything in between. So you can best manage your price performance, redundancy, right, whatever, whatever you need for your data set. Uh, and, and again, do it, do it seamlessly. So again, it's just you know, one click on our, our GUI to say based on how many days this data goes and gets pushed into your S3 bucket. So that's, that's a very common use case. The other common use case for a hybrid we see is storage tiering. So what's cool about our platform is, again, it allows us to integrate into primary storage. So you could actually pull data off all flash array, have that stored as tier two on Cohesity, and then Cohesity can automatically tier even older data or data based on policies to the cloud. So you can have a three-tiered storage system with Cohesity with us directly integrating both primary storage and in the cloud storage. So no, I, I know this is, again, one area, again, most of our customers implement. I know, again, Adam, you've done this for a long time. So maybe you could talk about your experience of implementing. Sure, and, and these, were, these, were, these are two of my favorite features that, again, when we bought the product, we were, were simply looking at data protection. These were unintended um, things that we got out of it. So, you know, on the retention part, you know, when we, when we exceed the seven years for our financials, we want to start taking that data off the on-prem appliances 
and tiering it off to, uh, to uh, low-cost glacier storage or deep glacier storage in Amazon. Um, and so that's been a big winner. That frees up more capacity on-prem to do whatever you want with. Use it as second-tier storage, keep longer retention for your other data. Um, so that was one big win for us. And then the storage tiering just came about as we, you know, we were putting a new document management system in. We traditionally put everything on all-flash NetApp, you know, kind of the Cadillac of storage, and, and it's expensive. And so, you know, as we got educated on what we could do using uh, Cohesity, a document management system doesn't require that kind of I.O., that kind of performance. And so, you know, we were able to land uh, that data using Cohesity as the target at something like 60, 70 percent uh, reduced cost per terabyte. Uh, so big win for us. And we're actually actively looking for when new uses case come up, you know, we're, hey, do they belong in the NetApp? Should we put them on the Cohesity? What's the performance requirements? And then we're going back to our NetApp and looking at, things that are running there that maybe, you know, there could be some cost savings by taking it off and putting it on a much lower cost uh, storage and then freeing up that for whatever production workloads are coming down that require it. So big win for us and, and uh, again, really neat because I had no idea uh, that we would ever use it like this. Mm. Excellent. Cool. So the next one, as we talked about in the first mistake is, of course, forgetting to back up your cloud. So obviously with Cohesi, we ha can help you back up all the different cloud flavors that you may have, right? So again, protecting your uh, Amazon IaaS, right? Your EC2, EBS uh, storage volumes, uh, to protecting your platform services like uh, RDS and databases, to protecting you know, SaaS environments such as Office 365 OneDrive. What's pretty cool about, again, with Cohesi is, you know, if you're backing up, say, your EC2 instances, we actually have several different options for you. Right again, depending on your 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 costs versus performance uh, profile. So you have our ability to use our Cohesity Protection Service, which is an agent-based service that runs on your EC2 instances and backs it up onto Cohesity running on AWS. Uh, you know that's a pretty popular way. Another popular way our, our customers do it is using what we call our uh, cloud-native snapshot-based backup, which actually, again, leverages the AWS snapshots, right? So we invoke the AWS snapshots, back that up, but then we leverage our deduplication compression engine. So we actually have you know, several customers, th these guys aside, that have been able to reduce their cloud storage costs uh, for backup just by leveraging our dedupe and compression engine in the factor of anywhere from two to five X, right? Just by reducing the storage footprint, because that's something you don't get with S3, for example. You don't get deduplication with S3. So that, that really allows our customers to take full advantage of that. And then we recently announced uh, you know, what we call Cloud Snapshot Manager, which has the capability for you to manage cloud backups remotely from on-premises. So we might have some customers here who started on-premises and say, okay, now I'm moving to the cloud, I need to manage those backups. We can actually, still from the on-premises cohesity, manage through APIs, through the Amazon APIs, AWS APIs, um, to back up your EC2 instances or to back up your RDS instances as well, too. So I know um, this is one area, Brendan, you're looking at, right, protecting your AWS and, and other cloud workloads. So maybe you share some of your experiences and thoughts around this. Yeah, and this is really more of a, I'd say, a business you know, issue than it is a, a technical, but it, the technical allows for the business. Um, and, and we're at an AWS event, so obviously reducing storage yeah. in and out is, is, could be viewed as negative, but it's really not. Uh, we work uh, closely with AWS folks and being able to show value and efficiency is, 
is really is really the goal when you're when you're selling to an enterprise and you're you're trying to move more from on-prem legacy into cloud. That that proof of compression and de duplication of of value of moving and why should they move beyond the IT security risks, mm -hmm. um, beyond some of the technical risks, the business sides of things, uh, we, we've really been able to show customers that, that cost advantage, that efficiency, that in the end, you've got to always sort of sell up and prove yes. up. Um, so we, we've been very pleased and and the business side of the Cohesity and AWS solution should not be overlooked and as a technical show, mm -hmm. um, but the business side is, is pretty impressive. Great. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Again, you know, I have to say, like, you know, AWS, they bring costs down all the time, but people forget there's still further room for improvement and optimizations. I'm not saying, again, going to a different solution. It's just saying, hey, maybe you can leverage deduplication across a more global platform and squeeze that little bit extra out of your cost, right? So, so there's a lot of room for improvement and optimizations you can do, even though AWS continues to drive your know, you know, leadership in terms of you know, lowest cost per gigabyte or lowest cost uh, per VMs uh, hour or, or minute. So, you know, in terms of DR, again, we talked about the importance of recovery. I just want to share with you again you know, various options that our customers have implemented. Uh, and can leverage, right, in terms of recovering and failing over uh, their data. So the first is, is just really an extension of our archive function. So again, most of our customers who are already using the archive function, they have the option to fully recover their data set in the cloud. So you can rebuild your, your whole cluster, right, even all your data is just stored in S3 Glacier, you can rebuild your, all your data set in, in AWS. Now, because it's all archived and if you pushed it into Glacier, right, it may take a long time. Right, that, that's the trade-off. It's a low cost, but low performance uh, option to recover your data. The second option was, is a pretty cool one, and, and it's you know, from our cloud spin technology, and this really allows customers to take some on-premise workloads, like again, your VMware, VMDKs, and move it to the cloud, convert it, because again, your VMDK format is, your VMware, VMDK format is different from your EC2 format, Right, automatically convert that format and then spin that up in an automated fashion. So, you know, this is really useful for customers looking to bring up, say, maybe a, a portion of their environment, like a handful of VMs or a few dozen VMs, and they want to spin that up uh, pretty quickly. So that allows them to do that and not, again, worry about a lot of the manual process required for that. The third option is what a lot of our customers do is, again, running our entire software platform, software-defined platform on AWS, that allows us to sync right directly with your on-prem uh, deployment for Cohesity. It allows you to quickly spin up uh, those workloads as well too. So again, this brings your recovery time and your recovery point objectives down to the minutes, right? And allows you the fastest uh, failover and recovery. Now, I alluded to earlier, right? Uh, you know the fifth problem around DR testing. And you know, one area we recently announced uh, earlier this summer is the Cohesity Runbook uh, application. And what's cool about Runbook is it really is focused around orchestrating and automating uh, any type of manual process uh, or workflow. You know, DR being one of the, the key use cases. And it really allows you to say, take from the point of 
designing that workflow. So it's actually a visual GUI interface that allows you to take a step-by-step -step process, group all your VMs together, add your network dependencies, add your timings through a visual uh, workflow design. So you could create that in a visual canvas. Then you could test that, so you could validate that. So you could actually say, I could do DR testing now. I could test if, if those VMs are available. I could test my VPC configuration if I'm failing over to AWS. I could plug those parameters in. I could add custom scripts and ensure that it, you know, when I do do a failover that that's going to work. And ultimately, it has a final capability of allowing you to execute that workflow. So it, it will actually, again, spin up the VMs, move it to, to EC2, and ensure that your entire DR failover works. Um, any, any comments from you guys on, on again, you know, just the various ways you do v DR and, and automation? I'll just reiterate what I said earlier is I think, you know, if whatever DR solution you're going to use, it has to have automation in it for you to be successful because trying to, trying to go through a, a manual run book, it, it, your, your chance of success, again, very low. Um, we're just starting to, to use the product in this way. Um, you know, we, we, today we use VMware SRM, and our attempt or our, uh, our plan is to use uh, Coesity and the runbook automation they offer in the cloud. Um, but whether it's Coesity's product or someone else's, you want to make sure automation is, is key. There's no manual steps in the process. Cool. All right, and the yeah, third uh, leg of the pillar that we talked about, right, backup, DR, and innovation. So again, just hit upon some of the common things our customers are using um, to better innovate uh, by using their data. So again, instead of having your data sit there dark, which traditional backup solutions do, we actually enable our customers to, to make use of that data. So the first common use case is our smart files capability. So again, I alluded to this earlier which is our, our ability to actually serve as secondary storage and to provide file-based services such as NFS, uh, SMB, uh, and object S3 protocol services as well too. So you can actually bring S3 on-prem and then sync it back uh, to the cloud. And what's cool about this is this is multi-protocol uh, interoperable. So what's cool is you could store data in as an S3 bucket or a, you know, S3 object, and then you could read it back out as a file as an NFS file or vice versa, right? So it allows you to interoperate your Windows, your, your Linux, as well as your web-based and cloud-based apps uh, through a very unified um, uh, file system. And again, allows you to run it both on-prem in the cloud and also integrate into primary storage, such as all flash array uh, on-premises. Second is uh, dev test. So this is a really cool capability that allows our customers to take the backup copies they have Right, and then spin up basically what we call zero-cost clones. So these are fast, thin copies of the data and make that available for developers, QA uh, people, testers, and allow them to create their own sandbox. Right? They want that data set that's in production right, to test against. Right? They might be patching an application, even creating a new application based on some production data you may have. Now you can do this very easily. You can, again, choose to do this on-prem or in the cloud. And the last point is, again, you know, quite unique to the Cohesity data platform, is really what we call the ability to bring apps to the data. And what we mean by this is, yes, we've consolidated the data, right? We've consolidated data on-prem data, cloud data, right? We consolidated it into kind of one data platform. Now we make it available for your different applications. So now you can actually run your analytics application, like say a Splunk, uh, run AI, ML, um, 
and do, you know, do, do data analysis directly on the platform. So what's cool about this is, is that you know, the traditional method is, you know, let's move the data to the apps, right? And then we're talking about big data. There's a lot of data nowadays. Again, moving data from one location to another, moving it from one app to another becomes pretty onerous and actually takes a lot of time. Now you have the ability to bring in the apps to data and, and that's gonna allow you to unlock some of those use cases. One of the key use cases we've seen recently is just on the security front, right? So now that you have the data consolidated on our platform, you can actually scan it for a variety of security threats, right? Whether it be for uh, viruses, right? Whether it be for ransomware, uh, whether it be for vulnerabilities itself. So you can look into various VMs and say, oh, there's a Windows vulnerability, there's a, there's a Linux vulnerability here that, that we want to address. Any, any comments uh, from, from you guys? I know, Adam, you, you again alluded to some of the different use cases you've looked at. I know, uh, I, I, I know Aaron, you've also mentioned uh, doing some dev tests with, with your guys as well too, right? Yeah, in our environment, we, um, <clears throat> we have a, a video application that changes quite uh, frequently from the vendor that uh, my customer has uh, purchased this, uh, this application from. So it's been very beneficial for us in our environment to use Coecity to actually spin up, you know, version X of that application, um, test it, um, and then also spin up the next version that, that we've been given by this uh, video management um, vendor. Do some testing from our agents out in the, out in our, out the field and then decide rather to go forward with the next version before we actually put it out into production. So we've been using Coicity uh, quite frequently for development tests. In addition, we've been using Coicity to kind of shut down and collapse a lot of our file servers that we, in the past, we were using on um, you know, regular physical servers uh, and then backing up with Coicity with the agent that you can put onto the box. Then we decided, okay, well, Let's think about this. Let's just put this on Coecity. Coecity has a, rep a replication factor that will replicate it for us automatically, thus getting rid of backups that we had to perform and also um, releasing those resources to be used for something else um, in our environment. So that's kind of the input that I have on those two different features. Uh, can I add one more? Yeah. Um, every Proof of concept has a budget, or usually you have to develop a budget, whether you're a, a, an IT manager or a, a group leader. Uh, one of the, the benefits that we didn't address today was the licensing model. Mm -hmm. um, we started with a, a, a small instance on-prem. Um, we had to forecast, especially with, with government contracting, um, it's, it's pretty arduous we had to start forecasting consumption and, and future growth and how we would expand instances. And the Cohesity licensing model is very flexible. Uh, I would say that was, it, that was half of our equation in a decision to go with Cohesity. Technology was, was obviously the other half. Um, but don't, again, don't downplay the benefits of the, the pricing, mm -hmm. the licensing model, the expansion capability by node, um, whether it's cloud native or on-premise. It really gives us a, a lot of flexibility. Um, agility is overused, yeah. uh, but it, it, it does. Mm. So. Excellent. All right, well, I only have one slide left and you know, a couple more questions left for you guys. Yeah, I know the audience might have a few questions as well too. So you know, ultimately, again, in, in summary, right, 
we have all these mistakes that we talked about earlier. I think we could help address these better, right? Whether it is the ability to back up your cloud data, right? Being IaaS, PaaS, or SaaS, uh, the ability to consolidate both on-prem and cloud data on a single platform, the ability to manage snapshots across a, a hybrid cloud environment, across different regions, across different accounts uh, through snapshot management, and then focusing in on you know, allowing you to recover better anywhere, right, and recover more quickly, and providing a solution that allows you to, to test your recovery NDR more easily. So, you know, I, I think with that, you know, got maybe a couple more questions for you guys, and I'm gonna make sure uh, I, had, I had it on my phone here. I know we covered most, most of the things that, that we talked about through the presentation. Um, but you know, what, what kind of, you know, maybe if we take a step back, what kind of triggered your journey to the cloud and, and how you chose uh, your partner to, to help you get there, especially again, protecting your data and, and moving your data? Can we start? Um, so, so I think one question maybe we should have started off with, and, and you know, we're at an AWS event, but the reality is that most of us, we're a Fortune 130 company probably, 80% of our infrastructure plus is still on-prem, um, and that's a result of the economics maybe not don't make sense for cloud, or some of our legacy apps are not lift and shift, or whatever the reason is, we still have, we're still heavy on-prem. Um, net new apps we're, we're looking at, does it make sense to put on-prem? Does it belong in the cloud? So what I would tell you is, you know, I think you have to look very carefully at the product you select to for DR, for data protection, holistically across your entire environment. And again, what Doug mentioned is you don't want to wind up with a bunch of different point solutions that are hard to manage, that are expensive, all the maintenance agreements, different appliances, different hardware, different software licensing. So, you know, we kind of took a step back and we wanted a product that, again, initially mostly for on-prem purposes, would scale for, you know, it would have good native integration for cloud, would scale easily. Um, as Brendan mentioned, and, uh, and had a predictable cost model. So think about all the use cases you might have and, and you know, pick a solution that kind of checks all or most of those boxes because managing all these different solutions uh, gets very costly. And so you know, that's kind of how we came our decision. We looked at you know, where we are today, where we're going to be in the next three to five years, and we felt like this was the right solution that checked most, if not all, the boxes. Good. Yeah, for us, um, not to, re to repeat too much of what he just said, it just made more sense for us because we already had a hyperconverged solution in-house. Coecity integrated very well with it. Um, and the, like uh, you said before, the, the licensing model was great for us in our environment. And, and we're, a very, we're a brand new environment, so we, we had the choice of what we wanted to do. We didn't have a lot of restrictions on what we had to choose. So this made the most sense for us today and in the future, and that's why we went that direction. So I guess uh, maybe, maybe two more questions I have. One is, I think Adam, you alluded to it, is, is what, what do you think is you know, the, you know, the, the best way to help you evaluate right, these different solutions? And you know, what are the key check boxes or decision criteria? Because again, everybody's, at, at some point in the cloud journey sure. right now. Sure, and, and ours yeah. were very uh, uh, black and white. And I remember sitting down with the team and said, well, what do we want in this product? And you know, we wanted it to have, be high performance, so we wanted it to back up and restore very quickly. We wanted to have very strong native cloud uh, integration. Uh, we wanted the uh, ability to uh, have a predictable cost model. So we wanted to know in the future as we grew exactly what our costs per terabyte were gonna be. 
we wanted it to, uh, we're a believer in the hyper-converged kind of model, and so we wanted it to, to have that, I call it Lego, Lego kind of building blocks where you can just add a node in and, and go. Um, and then some of these other things we've talked about today weren't on that original list, um, but made the list as we became, as we became more comfortable with Coecity as a data protection solution. And it did such a good job there, we started using it for other things that, again, we never dreamed of. So um, your use cases or your, your criteria may be different, but um, I'm sure some of those things hit home with you guys. Yeah, I would just add ease, ease of use. Uh, we have mm -hmm. multiple customers with many different environments, with different tools. Some we own, some they own. So finding a solution that was easy to use across on-prem to cloud, uh, single-tenant, multi-tenant, ease of use is huge. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, we have a very small team, and you know, one of the things that we really enjoyed about the product when we were performing our proof of concept was that we didn't really have to send anyone to train to get trained for the actual product, um, unlike some of the other products that we used in the past. Cool. So I got a few more minutes left. I got one more question for you guys, and leave a few minutes uh, for questions from the audience. So my last question to you guys is: I mean, could be about backup could be about data protection, could be about cohesive, but if there's really one thing, right, you want the audience here to take away uh, from, from this uh, presentation is, what, what would that be? I'll go first. Um, you know, I, I, we all buy lots of products for different solutions, and, and, you know, the sales guy getting up in front of you is going to pitch and tell you, you know, this is going to work a certain way. I'd say, you know, if, you, if this product interests you, you know, put it in your environment. Do that proof of concept. Um, test it for the different use cases that you might use it for, and you'll see. You'll see, you know, you'll see how it performs, and you'll decide whether you know, it's easy to use, whether the support is good, um, if you can take advantage of some of these other features that you, know, you may or may not initially need. Um, so I'd say put it in your environment. That's, that's one thing that, uh, that I like to do. Uh, I would say uh, the same thing. Put it in your environment. They're, they have a software edition. Uh, make sure that uh, if you're in a hybrid situation like we were, make sure that your, your transport from your on-prem to the cloud, you have a good strategy around that, and you think about that, um, and you get uh, buy-in from, of course, leadership to actually go forward with your, whatever design you have. And that's what input I would give. Well, we, we heard about Cohesity from a competitor. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always think that's a, a great litmus test. Um, so when we did the bake-offs, obviously we ended up choosing your product and, and your team with Cohesity, but um, it goes, we make more money and profit without problems. Minimize problems, minimize risk, that's, that's what keeps us growing. So that's, I think, proof in the pudding. Great, well, again, Brendan, Adam, Aaron, again, thanks for your insights and, and inputs. Um, got five minutes left, so again, happy to take any questions from, from the audience here.